now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day and thanks so much for checking out our year-round carnival Monday review show where we go in-depth on Melbourne and Sydney racing with Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals. G'day, Vince. Oh, Ralphie, I'm... <laughs> Fantastic. Maybe some others mightn't be as happy. What's happening in Sydney? We had a lot of racing there. Well, let, let's let's just make our in-depth uh, review of Sydney right now. Uh, we're, going, we're in a good mood. <laughs> <So> <laughs> is that a record? What was that one race? How slow was it? Well, I, I thought we'd actually gone past you know, some of those impossible scenarios of minus 60s and this type of setup. And I just couldn't believe it. Here we are, the first race of the card, minus 60.7. So how bad was – and that's with the rail out 12, Ralphie. Yes. Like, how bad must that track been? <laughs> so when it's called off uh, and you see that to the clock, you go, yep, fair enough. <laughs> you wouldn't want it worse than that. But no, I could have got minus 100. Yeah. <laughs> It's just extraordinary. The raw time there of, uh, what was it, 119? Is that right? <laughs> 119. we? So you've adjust- you adjusted that 60 lengths. Well, what else am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah, exactly I, right. I mean, that's the, that's the reality, right? What else are you going to do? 13 and a half lengths below benchmark lead speed first section. That's okay. We've seen plenty of that, right? Yep. Minus 19. Again, even that is not, you know, like out of this world. But, you know, all out, going as hard as you can, up the home straight. You know, virtually minus 30 lengths almost. I mean, that's raw. crazy. Yeah, raw. Oh, this is just absolutely <laughs> crazy. I, I, I just don't understand what's happening. I mean, where's this all this rain come from? Let, now, now, even that just for a bit of fun. So that last 400 minus 30 lengths below benchmark. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's take into account if you're just picturing what that is. Think of Martin Powers Caulfield Cup win. That's four times that. Yeah. <laughs> that's how much 30 lengths is. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's just unbelievable and very, and, and sad at the same time because it, it yeah. just would be so frustrating. And this is not the only place. I mean, Gold Coast got cancelled, uh, Belmont. I mean, go figure. You know, that's that doesn't happen very often. I mean, you might be lucky once in a couple of years you have a, a washout at a meeting, but they were, they were gone as well before they even got through starting the, the first race. What's it? The other thing that's going to be interesting too, Vince, and I know we're on this side of the fence, or this side of the stable door, if you like, but uh, gee, it's going to be a challenge for these trainers to get these horses up and going. I mean, that Golden Rose, traditionally Sydney's July and August are not bad weather, and then the, the good three-year-olds are up and going for that Golden Rose, and they, they produce good times in August. Well, this is a thing that, that the, the real hard part, it has to be creating a lot of challenges for the trainers in terms of prepping up horses, getting them ready. How hard can you work a horse? Can you even work them? Who knows how waterlogged some of those training tracks are? I mean, it's just so challenging. Us as form students, how do we factor any of that in? Yeah, it has to be a, a challenge for the conference. There's some good horses going around the trials tomorrow. And uh, by the look at the, the weather this week in Sydney, they might get a bit of luck. They might get a bit of rain in Melbourne too. So uh, for Mooney Valley's return, the, it looks like we'll have a wet track. So let's let's uh, have a look at Caulfield, Vince. Uh, you talk about challenges for, for form students. Uh, the deteriorating track, I don't think there's any tougher uh, task for a form student. How do you uh, assess the uh, track playing? Yes, that's that's true as well. Really interesting. The track was definitely having its challenges all the way to the 800. I would say even to the 600. But if we sort of 
look at, with the exception of those couple of 1,200-metre races, there was obviously one in the first, which is probably a lot closer to the real marking. This is coming out of the shoot, which is about a half length below. There were races six and seven that were above that, but that was due to the exertion through the first section more so than the actual track conditions. But the rest of the ground gave the real indication and this is the uh, turning races that we've pretty much seen the track play anywhere between sort of six lengths below to ten lengths below. And I ended up, if, if you take away the shoot races, you ended up with about eight lengths below benchmark. The reality is it was probably a lot closer to five lengths yep. below benchmark. And then to the 600, it was around two lengths below. Even to the 400 metre mark, Ralphie, it was still a length below. So we were on absolutely genuine slow ground for sure and to the 800 i was marking the track you know s6 s7 even all right bit of a challenge there so uh, we'll just have a bit of a band of through these races to uh, for, for today's show and might even get some uh, some little fundamentals that come up uh, race one one by thronbone vince all you got to do is win uh, if you if you're doing the official channels you uh, it's well done connections etc etc we just look at the clock and make a decisions from there this horse is a line chaser it just has yet to do anything on the clock though is he no and and really if you have a look at the scenario and the setup in the first race here three and a half lengths below benchmark tagging the lead speed around three lengths that's a nice position to be in and definitely in the strike zone to win but then you have that hold up coming to the turn this is really to do with the track condition i felt you're losing three lengths of momentum then momentum and then you have to kick down and try and produce a good finish and i felt the horse showed really good uh tenacity over that last 400 metres actually improved its speed by around three lengths overall over that last 400 and this is how you can start to sort of try and get some understanding about where you can pin this horse potentially 3.2 15th best of the day is where the horse ended up now I would look at that slowdown and in a, in a future race and you, you try and make an assessment okay what's its potential well that loss of around three lengths in the slowdown, you could allocate one to two lengths at least towards what you can see this improvement. So this horse is somewhere probably a lot closer to a length below benchmark, maybe benchmark. So you are, like you were saying, Ross, it hasn't had the situation of um, what can you do in terms of performance. Yeah, so so by extension, if, if you took the short price River Rebel, um, he, he's, he's lost and you've lost your money, full stop. So Cram, Cranbourne first up. Uh, 4.5 lengths below benchmark. Last bit, best bit. It was a good last 400-metre uh, dash home. I, I like just looking at him past the post. He's, he's back with Ron Bone, and one of the things since I've worked with events and tried to learn the data, usually when they're when they're they're rebounding back past the post, there's been a slowdown, and I'm talking about just visually, and then when I see your data, and that's been the case here. This horse has suffered a much bigger slowdown than, than the winner. And this is a, a big thing to overcome, particularly for this horse, like you said, Ralphie, a genuine three lengths, bigger slowdown and having to use a lot more energy through the first section. And this has uh, created the big combustion late. Overall, you can see in that last 200 metres, the horse did lose around 1.2, 1.3 lengths of velocity. And this was the impact of what took place in the mid-race. Also, the horse had a, a very similar setup in, in its first race start at Cranbourne when it won, Ralphie. Big slowdown in the mid-race. Now, how much of it can you bring into play as being 
a situation where it's also rider-driven. Because you could see clearly here that there was this potential that he was looking to try and slow this horse down a little bit. And knowing they're going too fast? Yeah, knowing they're going too fast, like putting good speed into it. Because this was an improvement from the first up run in terms of early speed, about a length and a half. So it's going to – well, when I say it can take its toll at the end, in this case it did. And I, I would say probably uh, cost it victory. So what, what that can mean – so it's an unknown, but it could mean that a bit, there's big improvement to come. I have no doubt, yeah. and it's all about how they can control that early speed. You have to go back all the way back to this horse's first run at Packenham. There it is, two point eight lengths above benchmark first section, and then they went backwards in distance to Caulfield, and still travelling, you know, very very similar to the first up run at Cranbourne, about a length one point eight below benchmark. It's all about getting that early speed under control and not having to blow it up in the middle because if you do this type of education, it's going to be no good for the horse as you step up in grade and you get to the dry grounds. Yeah. All right, let's see what happens going forward. Race two in the program, the two-year-olds again, it's always, even at this time of year, bit testing for them to be able to run time. Boogie Dancer was short price favourite. <sighs> Jamie Carr, Vince, oh, and, and we're, you know, we'll get to another one with Joe, Joe uh, McNeil later in the day, but thinking jockeys. I just love seeing it. Now, in this case, Boogie Dancer probably wins no matter what. But Manhattan Thunder just has no speed, second favourite, and it's drawn inside her. So what happens when there's a when there's a big odds uh, leader was at Sir Torrebill at 66 to 1? She, just, she deliberately sits wide, lets it go, and wants to just wait until it gets outside the lead and then checkmate Manhattan Thunder. I just, I just love watching those tactics of the best jockeys. And, you know, as I said, from there, probably wins no matter what. But it's just, just again, and because we're having a quiet day, it's good to just banter about some of these things. It's just good to watch uh, an elite rider thinking her way through the race. Yeah, and then when you talk about Manhattan Thunder, you have a look at that first race start at Sale in the Maiden win. It only won by a narrow margin, but it was the best of the day, Ralphie. Yep. The... Early speed, 4.7, uh, 4.2 versus here. Like you said, here we are, 10.2 lengths below benchmark. And we're going up 300 metres in distance. Yep. And then that particular day at sale, like even in the mid-race, was excellent. It was like 1.7 lengths above benchmark and improving its speed that day. And here we've got a si situation where the horse is pretty much still travelling eight lengths below benchmark between the eight and the 400, converting all into a sprint home after the, you know, over the last 400, which... That was probably good for the horse, but ultimately, that setup, you can't afford to give too much away, and if you don't make any moves between the eight and the four, where no one wanted to make a move there, you are going to be prone to your capability of kicking down over the last 400 and Closest to the leader usually wins. Well, speaking of kickdown, so Berkeley Square, it's run second. It's it's dashed home hard. You're watching it visually. You think, well, this has crushed the line. It's in a slow time race, but it has been the best last 400, 200 of the day. So what do you make of that? Well, I felt that no energy exertion early. Yep. Better momentum flow between the eight and the 400 than the winner, Boogie Dancer, and even Manhattan Thunder which is, a, I feel is always a positive because you've got that flow going. And then you could really see the tenacity over the last 400 metres. I thought that was fantastic. 2.6 lengths above benchmark. Actually improved its speed all the way through to the finish line. Now, I don't want to put it down as the horse having it an absolute golden run because you still got to remember, a little bit disadvantaged 
by being that extra couple of lengths further back. And that was probably my view. <sighs> Potentially a downside from the the riding pattern because when you got no speed, if they had this horse been more forward, even just another length, uh, well, 100% would have won the race. No no doubt about it at all. And this, this horse is, I think, uh, going places. And, and when I say going places, Ralphie... <sighs> Well, you don't have to be going fast to be able to keep winning it this time of year. We're saying it's going places like there's more victories ahead. Yeah. And definitely going to outstrip what it did in its first lifetime start at Geelong when it won its maiden. I, I feel this horse is far superior than that. Our third race in the day, part of the Craig Williams Clinic that he put on, Passioli. So she's won a, a slow race. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, it, was just, it was in the golden spot. Let me ask you about one though, just for a bit of funny unusual culture. Had uh, had Betfair Ritus and was slow away. Uh, second start, second Australian start that is, and second start Marius, obviously ex New Zealand. Uh, how big a squeeze was it uh, producing mid race, and was there enough to say that uh, it it uh, it could run to its New Zealand figure going forward? Well, good squeeze in the mid, around six lengths. If you pin it on the day, it was the third biggest. Squeeze. No, this is the, this is the winner rather. Oh, the winner. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So when we look at this, going from uh, where was it? Thirteen point four lengths below benchmark. Yep. To three point nine. That's nine point five lengths mid race squeeze. Sixteenth best of the day. Definitely nice and strong. Good last four hundred of uh, one point two above. Now the best performance the horse produced, as crazy as it sounds, was the uh, Taki Maiden win, Ralphie, when it smashed them. It was around one point nine lengths below benchmark. So you can see this horse was miles off that profile. And to me, in the end, it just looked like a, a conditioning run, which is, I'm not saying unusual for for this stable, but the reality is that's that's what it looked like to me. It was a setup for longer distance later. And that, that's about it. Well, we can say about that race, even uh, <laughs> more relaxed format here. Race four, the program is. So, Sig for Peace, what an unusual uh, setup this was. It, it just looked like it completely spat the bit out. Uh, again, credit to Craig Williams, who, uh, like Jamie Carr in that other race I mentioned, in the back straight, Matt Hill actually called it. He's come off the fence here on Sig for Peace. Yep. And Harry Coffey had to take that run on Duke of Hastings. There's zero criticism of Harry Coffey. I'm talking about the 1200 metre mark. But eventually, that was the difference. Harry lost momentum there at the uh, looking for a run. Actually, got himself suspended, barging out, and uh, and Craig had full momentum for a horse who just completely lost the compass. But then got going again. Yeah, and this was really all about what can you do in the, the last four hundred. It's always challenging when you're not going very fast to begin with. Uh, the lead speed was around six lengths below benchmark, which is not too bad for this type of distance. But they're slowing between the eight and the four hundred. And even the winner, you can see the winner slowed down another two lengths. And then it was all about how big you sprint over the last 400 and who's got the best sprint that can stay out that wins the race. And this was the scenario here. The challenge is, does that automatically make you a, a good potential stayer? How, how do you mark this horse into the future? Very, very lightly raced horse with a stack of potential. But the one part that was really evident with this horse was when you look at what it did in the maiden victory this horse must have been very fit ralphie like very very fit horse he's a beauty and, patrick Payne at yeah. able to do that isn't he yeah i have no doubt with patrick Payne over the next decades going to be uh you know a really serious trainer you know in terms of having i feel well i'm hoping a much bigger stable and and a lot more horses to work with
Um, and his trialling system is just amazing, isn't it? Because uh, you, you watch his trials and they're just out the back doing absolutely nothing. So you must really value the ex- giving a horse an experience of just getting the tr- trials, you know, loading in the float, going there, coming back, because they just do nothing in most trials. Yeah, and then he, this is how he works out how much to tune them up yep. and see where, where, where they're at. And he obviously gets on the back of a lot of them and yeah. gets that additional feel. But when he targets a race especially when they come to town, he's generally always on the mark, Ralphie, and that's what, that's what I like about him. And from a form student point of view, if you can identify his patterns, they become very, very good betting propositions. And, again, that's the art of what we're looking for, right? You know, I like to clap hands for the trainer, but I'm also wanting to understand, are you capable of delivering what's needed on the day and having the horse ready to go? Absolutely. T Waters uh, in your race speed profiles that you put out Saturday morning. You wrote uh, um, as your uh, uh, he's a genuine stayer. He'll strip fitter for the handy first up run. Gets a positive jockey change. Willow going on. Wet track indicator of eight point six in the slow ground suggests he'll handle whatever conditions he's faced with today. He warrants respect in an awkward race. Vince, you didn't write up no effort. I too was completely disinterested in no effort trying out twenty four hundred. Um, and you know, if you're on her, she gave you a big sight, but. Uh, I don't think she could run 2,400 down the hill. What does the IVR data suggest? Well, you couldn't have got a better race to try in, yep. right, in terms of speed-wise, 10 and a half lengths below benchmark. Now, we have seen races slower than that, right? Of course, right, but that doesn't make it easier. The thing is, it's just a good, soft cruising speed. Where this would have hurt for a horse attempting a 2,400 was the mid-race move. It was really hot. As you can see, it was pretty much the strongest of the card. You had both the second and third runners doing better than 20 lengths mid-race squeeze, and even the winner uh, had to do almost 16 lengths mid-race squeeze between the 8 and the 400. And a horse like No Effort, you could see, even though it, it did finish in the top four, the mid-race squeeze was still gentle compared to those other three, around 13. But this will test you out on whether you're capable of finishing off over the last 400 and if you've got any staying capability. Yeah. So I don't know why they attempted that. Oh, there was good prize money, and uh, and and Vince, you'll like this because of the uh, unique structure of that race. Uh, she was well weighted. Okay, well, like what's well weighted? <laughs> well, relative to her handicap rating. And what would that be? So because they're all carrying uh, fifty-eight, and <laughs> Mez, Mez, uh, was it Mez? Uh, she carried fifty-eight. Yeah, it was some kind of most okay. most things were fifty nine or fifty eight. Yep. Uh, really, so it had nothing to do with your handicap rating. So on her handicap rating, she should have uh, been uh, you know carrying a few kilos more than the opposition. Right. Okay. Well, again, if you just have a look at that campaign we're talking about weights, I'm just looking here. You know, start off the campaign with around fifty nine, and that run leading run prior to this was fifty seven kilos. So I don't know where they were getting the favours. Yeah, for a so distance just- race. Yep, so no, no actual dif- difference in carrying the weight, but in what the handicap rating said, she should have been conceded to the opposition. <laughs> uh, okay. There was, a, there was a, a, a comedy show called Soap in the 70s and 80s, and they, at the end they said, confused you won't be. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I'm lost. I know uh, Caston yesterday had, you know, races where they were carrying in, you know, all highway 64, 63 kilos, and <laughs> said this could be the new scale. What would this do to – imagine if they just came out and said, right – we're going to help all the riders. Yep. And now the new minimum low weight sixty. Oh, the big be a, This would be crazy. Yep, hundred uh, percent. The first leg of the quaddy. So for the three-year-olds, they turn four next week. 
Yep. Um, Big Apple's just beaten Pounding. Now, this is, a, again, a, just an interesting scenario for, for Forbes students because its first two runs had had genuine excuses that Geelong failed to handle going on a bog-heavy track, poor, but listed with poor recovery. So maybe the horse just wasn't right in the day. And then again, pre-race incident at Caulfield. Uh, so again, so it was a plain run, but maybe the horse wasn't right in either of its two runs. So what I'm saying is this horse could have been 30 or 40 or 50 to 1, but instead it was $15. And that gave you a little lead that the stable thought it was right. Yes, and really when you look at that Geelong run first up, like what it, what it did through the first two sections on the ground conditions, 0.7 above through that first section increased its pace to plus 2.9, then really dropped off dramatically over the last 400. You know straight away when you're losing from the 400 to the finish line around almost six lengths of total velocity, they're just big conditioning signal runs, knowing that it's all about the conditioning. And then it was interesting, like they went to Caulfield, very similar distance, didn't have anywhere near the same grit in terms of what it could do through the first and the second section. That's always a little sign of potential flatness, like of overexerting through the first up run. And then you could see it again, that last 400 metres, massive drop-off. Again, lost around five lengths of conditioning. So those two runs would have really brought this horse on. And then when I look at this race, A, were you equipped to run with some decent speed? Yes, because realistically... Half a length below benchmark, if you look at it from a 1,200-metre perspective and the lead speed was plus two, that's actually a good speed for the day. Yep. A little bit of a hold-up between the eight and the 400 wasn't any real big help, and probably this is the reason why the horse still lost a little bit of momentum over the last 200 metres. But I sit back and say, well, okay, there was you know a little bit of market anticipation on this horse, but oh, I'm, I'm confident this horse is going to improve further, Ralphie. Uh, the, that's the winner who's fit, yep. but also, give, you see, you're saying there's still projection there, and um, it, it's uh, it's easy to see the, the horse rolling home, but rolling home first up, pounding, fourth best last 800 a day, 35th best last 200 of the day, uh, before I speak, you speak about the actual benchmarking, that just tells you that this horse has still got good fitness and elevation to come. Yeah, and it appears to be like... Yeah, Peter Moody, he's uh, bringing the horses to the races with still plenty of improvement to come. And this was the evidence again with this particular horse. Nice, good speed through the first section. Didn't have to do a lot even in the mid-race for this horse. And then uh, last 400, just even. Oh, you know, that type of setup you probably would have liked to see seen a bit more. But when I sort of break down, this is what I like to do. I just like to look at those micro splits, Ralphie. There's probably about a length of conditioning blowout in terms of condition and a loss of around one length between the eight and the four hundredths. So, uh, again, the reason why I'm just articulating this is just try and map out and say, okay, where are you headed? Here you are. You're 0.6 below benchmark first run. Very similar to what it did at its Yarra Glen run, which was a length below. Better than the previous campaign. In fact, better than it's the other two campaigns has had as well. It peaked last prep at Flemington with a 0.7 above. And if I just look at that one length and a little bit of a, a conditioning run, you can pretty much pin on a graph and say, okay, you're at this marking point, 0.6 below. You can confidently add at least a length which puts you around half length above benchmark. So you, yep. you are already tracking what you did last campaign. Now the question is, 
are you going to be a lot better than that? And that's what we're all looking for, to try and understand where this horse is going and how much more confidence could we have wanting to back this horse. Little things that I like to bring into play to add the further fuel to that, Ralph, is I love to look at particularly 1,000 metres, even 1,400-metre race. So I love looking at overall last 1,000. And there it is, fourth best of the day. Nice and strong. Beautiful. So more, more conditioning there. Yep. We'll break that down in Sizzlers, uh, our Black Book product. Uh, give, give, give me just an explainer, please. Row seven. Craig, Craig as, as Matt Hill beautifully called, Craig Williams, he could win on a broomstick. But how does Ron Tari get third best of the day with no form? <laughs> <laughs> well, firstly, a lot's got to do with the card on the day. Yep. And the and what we are still typically off season for the for the majority, yep. right? Half length above benchmark. Well, overall, when we look at the performance of twelve hundred meters, it was strong. So that was the plus side. So it was fit coming back in distance. Absolutely. Yep. If we look at what it had been doing in the campaign, you'd seen this horse have a, a strong improvement from one run to the other. This is Sandown into Flemington of about three and a half lengths. What I probably myself couldn't uh, bring to sort of really bring any understanding is this horse has then come back to twelve hundred metres, and all, and this is hindsight now, right? Of course. So this is this is not uh, you know living in the moment and trying to really understand it. Is all I could look at is have a look at that Mooney Valley run, Ralphie, seventeenth of December two thousand and twenty-one. Right. Last four hundred metres, unbelievable sprint, right? Six point seven. Yes. Go and have a look at the Caulfield run on the 5th of the 2nd. Just to confirm, was this a freak thing or something that this horse has actually got as part of its profile capability? Very evident in that 1,400. Okay, no speed through the first first 400, 600 metres that day, but you have a look at it from the 8 to the 4, and then the last 400 went 2.1 above benchmark 8 to the 4 and 6.5 above last 400. Again, saying that this horse has been Big sprint capability. It's all about if it gets the right setup, race shape wise. Uh, I remember that race because we stamped the third horse there called El Patroness, who went on and won the Oaks. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a, there are there are some uh, little signs along the way there, and and uh, as you said, it's in hindsight. But uh, but what a masterful uh, display of riding from Craig Williams on the day. You just <laughs> let the best jockeys work it out, which we get to it with another example next race. Yeah, and not and not a good sign for the others. Not at all. So King of Sparta wins. Um, John McNeil, he had one thought in mind to get off the fence. From a value perspective, Vince, he was out to a ridiculous price. I think $10 on Betfair. I think they they gave it up as the official uh, Betfair starting price. I'll, I'll put this premise forward. Snapped in the previous race, ended up favourite when Chain of Lightning was, uh, was scratched at the barriers, and it's got a bit of talent. So it did nothing from the inside barrier. A, it was a big field. But B, and again, let's just put some clarity. We're talking a lot of this in hindsight. I mean, we knew King of Sparta's talent. We've underlined this on this podcast, both uh, pre and uh, post-podcast. Uh, post but Jamie Carr reported the stewards, the horse didn't feel comfortable racing inside her horses. So let's take that on face value. What I'm saying is there's a case that said Snap didn't turn up, but the market said the inside's poison. So in a smaller field, Jai's in a position where he could get, just get off the fence a little bit. And he did the rest because he followed Damien Oliver, who took him right into the race in Scalopini. Well, he's probably the, just a little bit of the sad side. I actually didn't get a chance to do the Hawkesbury 
barrier trials to Saturday morning. Right. And this is after after race speed profiles had already gone out. I marked it as a winning trial. It yep. was just, it was this is King of Sparta. It was a sensational trial, Ralphie. And coming from this camp, I go, Oh my goodness, <laughs> have a look at this. And I'm thinking, Oh, that's running today. I go, No way. <laughs> So I was, a, I was a little bit angry with myself because I love it when you can identify winning trials, and especially from this stable. So literally right? what made you say that's a winning trial? When I looked at the structure of the day, because they had a decent bunch of trials, and yep. the way it uh, went through its actual splits, if you just bear with me a moment, I'll actually bring it up. And I was captivated because I said this, this was clearly the best trial of the whole session. That was yep. the first thing that I'd marked down. And now I'll just uh, bring up the splits. Here we go. While you're bringing that up, I'll just yep. read one thing that we wrote about its win at the Gold yep. Coast when it won the Magic Million three-year-olds. This is in our Sizzlers. And this gave you such confidence and clarity that this is also was a talent. 2.3 lengths above benchmark, ranked seventh of the day, matched his best from Ramwick in October, which was over 1,200. So in doing so at 1,400, a high-pressure setup says he's ready to be considered in the elite three-year-old mile company going forward. 5.3 at the 800 despite a six-length from the lead for 0.5 mid-race, plus 0.4 last 400. His previous asset is ability to sustain a big 800-metre close. That he was able to invert his speed with success is a great sign going forward of tactical versatility. Now, he was unplaced in Randwick run and spelled. Uh, in Brisbane, he clearly wasn't wound up, and he, he tapered right off late. So I'm, I'm now equating what you're about to tell us, that Hawksby trial just brought him right on. Well, here's the thing. On the whole morning, there was 20... 22 trials and there was a there was a there was a group of trials that were around the thousand meter mark and then the the balance of them was 785 the horse's last 200 meters in that trial was 1042 now when when we look at like the other trials on the morning which were over a shorter distance there was only one other trial or there was two other trials that actually was slightly better overall last 200 but in terms of setup from the four, and this is what I like to look at. I like to look at what their movement is between the six and the four, and then the four to the two. The movement of this horse from the 400 to the 200 was explosive. I couldn't believe it. Like the horse had gone from a, almost going 12 seconds from the uh, six to the four to the four to the two, and then found this phenomenal. We're talking about a 10 length of burst of speed, right? Yep. To go 10.4. And when I see things that are like six, seven, eight lengths or greater, that's a big, big signal. And then when I put the sh- – see, when you're running over the shorter distances, like 790, 800, they generally have a lot more velocity over their last 200 metres. And it's a, they don't usually do that if it's a 1,000-metre trial, particularly at Hawkesbury. Most, I'll give you an example. Most of the horses that were trialling over the – the thousand meters that morning, they were all running around elevens wow. in the last two hundred, and not even using the same exertion between the eight and the four hundred, like half the exertion. And this is why. And anyhow, <laughs> that's the way it goes. But in the end, you got a fantastic price for a horse of genuine talent. And what 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 I would say, given that what you've the uh, insight you've given of the trial, what he's done on the day, what I've read to you about his Magic Millions Day. Well, we if he goes to that Caulfield race in three weeks over fourteen hundred and he gets better ground, uh, don't know where they're going to bring another horse to beat it. Well, what this really does signal is that trial was like. 
the typical, like, you know, how you have the Waller setups, where you just get that big mid-race move to try and get that real big conditioning elevation into your system. Yep. And and getting a genuine half run in. They definitely yes. got that out of, out of Hawkesbury. Because that first up run at Eagle Farm, it wasn't a bad run, Ralphie. Just below benchmark, got in the top 20 for the day. And you know, and I know, that this horse is genuinely several lengths better than that. So it's absolutely trending to... I would say a new PB. All right. Now, because it's best of the day, of course, I'll, I'll not only put it in Sizzlers, but all our members will get that sent to them. So you'll get a real breakdown of the structure of that race and the insight that Vince has just given us. So that, um, that, that'll that be a document sent to you, all our members. Uh, we, we only do it because we've got members. So thank you because we haven't got any corporate bookmaker support. A lot of people like complaining about corporate bookmakers. Well, we don't have any. We're here because of our loyal members. You can become a member via my website, racetrackrelfie.com.au. Click through the links on the right-hand side. And as I said, every week you get best of the day sent to you. You get emails uh, sent to you as far as uh, being able to participate in the show and other little bonuses along the way, including the top five of the Brisbane Carnival. And if you want that, if you sign up as a Group 1 member this week, I will uh, go through the uh, the archives and send you that top five as well. Uh, last race in the program, Vince. Here the shock's bolted in. He's a handy horse. He's no superstar, but uh, under this race structure, looking at your data, there's no, there's no, <laughs> it couldn't have, it, it had to fall over to lose. Yeah, well, you get through that first section, you have a look at it. Lead speed, ten point three lengths below benchmark. This horse is tagging that pack around 11, a length and a half. Beautiful mid race move, very important. Not too excessive. That's the big thing, because if I had a kick down like another eight or nine lengths more than what they did, then that could have made things very interesting. But six-length move in the mid-race for the winner and then it was able to still have plenty of energy for an overall... So I felt solid last 400, 0.7 above. When you're looking at the technicals, there was a bit of a conditioning blowout over the very last 200. The horse probably lost about 0.9, which is in some ways a good sign. So that means high exertion for this horse, particularly getting inside that sort of 600-metre mark all the way to the 200-metre point. And I'll, let's just leave our listeners with one. Um, Mayfair Spirit, I thought, under that circumstance, it just had zero chance on the uh, on the grid, but uh, it's now third up and probably ready to do something. Yeah, well, well, yes, I would say for sure the big key is going to be it's two soft races now, first up and second up with no tempo. Yep. What you don't want to find yourself in is in a race where you might be – up for a lot of pressure and if you are that would be the only negative for that horse but if you get a similar thing because we're still in the middle of winter we're, maybe we're going to still get more wet tracks particularly in victoria it might find itself in another slow race <laughs> absolutely all of vince Cardi's work via daily sexuals do us a favor if you've listened this long you enjoy vince's insights uh go to the itunes store in particular if that's where you listen by the apple platform mm-hmm. give us five stars say so, something nice about uh, vince's passion because uh we while well, we don't necessarily need pats on the back get that type of stuff really helps it because it means other people get to see what we do each and every Every Monday on the Year Round Card.